You're listening to another film podcast where three friends watch a movie and discuss and debate it. Get ready for some hot takes, some non sequiturs, and a lot of banter. And as always, there will be spoilers. Roll pop. My name is Matt, and I recently watched Killers of the Flower Moon. Mm. Hi, my name is Tierney, and I recently read two books, uh, Listen to the Land Speak by uh, Monk and McGann, and <laughs> The Celestial Realm by Molly Hennigan, who is one of my uh, <clears throat> uh, classmates in my grad program, and they're both Ooh. excellent. Oh, that's, that's awesome. Oh, that's so fun. Uh, my name is Colin, and I recently listened to 1989 Taylor's version on repeat for the last, like, 48 hours. <laughs> I recently, meaning for two days straight. <laughs> Just mainline for the last two days. I've recently and sustained throughout a period of time. Also, just I do just want to... Nine, nine-year-old album that I've just been listening to on repeat for two days. <laughs> but Taylor's version, yes, right? Taylor's yes, yeah, version. yeah, I have been, I've been so giving all of my fractions of a penny directly to Taylor and not to Scooter, so... She's a billionaire now, did you hear? Sure. Just recently? She's a billionaire now. Yeah, she officially became a billionaire. And really? also, Kendrick recorded his verse oh, again. Yeah, he did. And it still fucking rips. It, that song wow. is so good. Is it Bad Blood? It is. Well, it's a good song in Bad Blood. Uh, do you know what else I watched this week? Or what else what? I did this week? What did you do? I watched Past Lives again. Oh, oh that's so crazy. I did too. Oh, oh my, my God. goodness. We all watched Past Lives? I wonder oh. why. We're <laughs> I don't know either. Uh, I guess it must be uh, Indian. Indian. It must be. (laughs) Definitely. Uh, So we are still doing our series on trilogies, um, but we, I think we mentioned at the end of the last pod, after each trilogy, uh, we're going to pick a a spiritual entry to the the trilogy. So not an official Mm -hmm. trilogy entrant, but something that is in some way related. Um, and so this was my selection to, to spin off of the before trilogy. Um, and I was gonna talk a little bit about why I think that this movie fits, and maybe I still will, but I think more importantly, I just need to read Tierney's Letterboxd review, which does it for <laughs> me, which is, <laughs> could have been called Before the Next Life, know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> So, yep, this movie has a lot in common with the Before Trilogy. Uh, I'm excited to talk a little bit about it uh, as we go. Um, But yeah, so... I'll also say, I'm going to say one thing, too. Uh, Just to really reinforce that this is a spiritual sequel, in Apple or iTunes, it is available to rent, and the related movies beneath it are mm-hmm. Before Sunrise and Before Sunset. Mm-hmm. So to really drive home the point that these are all related yeah. in that sense, <laughs> even Apple is like, uh-huh, yeah, and if you like this, here's two others that you might like from before it. So, you, you know you want these two. <laughs> yeah. Couldn't be more Before the Next Life. Um, <laughs> before the Next Life. I'll give a quick... Uh, 
logline about the movie, since this is uh, one of the more recent movies we've done. Usually the, these movies have existed for a while, but this movie came out earlier this year. Uh, mm-hmm. It's directed by Celine Song in her future feature debut, which is incredible. Mm-hmm. And I, we can talk a little bit more about that later. Stars Greta Lee, Teo Yu, and John Magaro. And it's about these two characters um, who kind of interact at different points in their lives. So the whole course of the story takes place over 24 years, but there's like a little snippet at the beginning when they're kids, there's a little snippet when they're in their 20s, and then most the bulk of the movie takes place when they're um, adults in their 30s. Um, and similar to the Before trilogy, it's just a lot of two people walking around and talking and oftentimes not even talking in this movie. It's just a lot of shared glances and uh, just, wow. This movie's so good, you guys. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think I personally think it's better than all the whole before trilogy. Oh, oh shit. shit. Just in terms of like sheer craftsmanship, it's a lot. I'm like, I know I enjoyed Before Sunrise, I enjoyed Before Sunset, like, a lot. Obviously, Before Midnight was good, but in a different way. Mm-hmm. But the, like, craftsmanship of this is far superior than anything Richard Linklater has done. Yeah. Just in terms of, like, the... Which sounds like such a hot take. But, like, visually, it's, like, stunning. Uh-huh. Anyway, I thought it yeah. was, like... Don't get me wrong, I still enjoyed those two, but I just... I thought it was better. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. I mean, this is on a lot of people's top movie of the year right now. Well, before we get too yeah. deep in the weeds, do we want to pick our Yasses and Nars? Yes. yes. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, Yas. Mine are all Yasses. I mean, yeah, mine are all Yasses as well. <laughs> oh, get ready. Oh, um, shit. Okay, Tierney, you start. Oh, okay. Well, uh, I had visuals, story, slash plot, and emotional connection. Um, and one, I had one note for dialogue, and it's just one line that I wrote in all caps. So, oh, we can lump it in with story. Oh. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll get there. I'm excited. But uh, those are my three. I'll go next, since Matt, you teased that you might not have all yasses, although maybe you were just being a dick. Uh, I wonder. <laughs> I had acting, visuals, and emotional connection as my yas. <laughs> Paddington agrees. Um, Paddington agrees. <laughs> He's like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I have visuals as a yas. I have uh, emotional connection as a yas. And uh, I think there's a little uh, left to be desired about the dialogue. And that's what I'll say. Which you kind of hinted at already that's when fair. you said it's a lot of, like, glances and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I uh, just wish we got a little more dialogue. So, like, that's literally my note so it's not even that it's bad dialogue because i think what we get is good mm-hmm. i just like i feel like there's so many quiet moments or like pregnant pauses that i would have preferred to like you know get a little more dialogue in but that's I will, it Those- i would agree with that and my reasoning why it didn't bother me is it's a movie so you're showing mm. versus like mm-hmm. before and that's probably what puts it just ever so slightly above the before trilogy is the before trilogies could be a play and this mm-hmm. I don't think could be a play sure it's, I don't think I it think could successfully be a play versus mm-hmm. I think it would be a small jump for the before trilogy to be a play um, that's a fantastic point that I never would have thought of but as soon as you said it I was like fuck I do agree with that too 
Especially because uh, all of us have visuals. <clears throat> I think that's an important thing to maybe yeah. call out. Right do we want to just start there since that was one that we yeah. all all yeah. jumped and in it's, on? And it's something we did not highlight mm-hmm. for the before mm-hmm. movies. Um, so yeah, let's talk about it. I think uh, I can just start real quick. Uh, I think this is the best New York has ever looked. And I don't <laughs> I don't like like I think you guys know I don't know if I've ever mentioned it on the pop. I'm like fine on New York. I don't think New York is like that. But cool it looks of a place. so good in eyes wide shut. But, <laughs> <laughs> Even though I think that was like Toronto, yeah. I think it was a London studio. It's a London soundstage. <laughs> yeah, oh right, it's one block in a, in a soundstage that's just circled. Oh. oh my god! But no, like every single shot of this yeah. entire movie of New York, I was just like, "Fuck, New York is gorgeous. Why don't I lo- like? Why don't I spend more time here?" And then I go to New York, and I'm like, "Ugh." Get me yeah, out of crazy. here, but like, but I think this movie, like everything about this movie, every frame is like so perfectly composed, and I think it's true even in the scenes that take place in Korea. Like, I think I've never been to Seoul, and I don't have a strong relationship to Seoul through media either. But like, all of the Korean stuff looked beautiful as well. I think just everything about this movie just looks absolutely stunning. Um, from I top think to bottom. <clears throat> I yes, and also. Uh, I think the thing that stuck out to me, the two parts of visuals that stuck out were shot composition, which you mentioned. So even things like the, uh, uh, in Korea with her going up the stairs and him going straight and it's split uh-huh. down the middle. Um, and the other component is lighting. So whether it's natural light or mm-hmm. the scene where they're in the bar at 4 a.m. in mm-hmm. like sort of the indoor lighting, I think it, it all works. It's like, very beautifully lit, which is, I think, why New York looks so nice. <laughs> uh, yeah. And uh, those are the two big ones for me. But then even certain, like, shots that I thought were <clears throat> new and innovative that I hadn't necessarily seen before was, like, the um, curtain going in the bedroom curtain going from daylight to nighttime, mm-hmm. just, like, seamlessly mm-hmm. to be, like, time is passing. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, like, without it looking, like, hokey or something. Those were, like, yeah. the big ones that stood out to me. Those are some of the ones I highlighted, too. Um, which I do oh, and think, color. Yeah, I like mm. the color, colorization of it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <clears throat> and, like, I think even the bedroom scene that's, like, so dark the whole time, and it goes on for a while between um, Nora and Arthur, I think helps kind of capture the intimacy of their relationship and that moment that it's, this is this is the way married couples have conversations is like in bed in the dark like when they're already trying to go to sleep or like in the middle of the night and it captured that like intimacy so well because it's so dark and like mm-hmm. blue and mm-hmm. natural uh, rather than just having it like lit up with like lamps and stuff it's a, it's a different uh thing that's being communicated um but yeah i mean the stairway i think there's a lot of kind of like overt symbolism in a lot of the shots that I think works. I think it's like very on the nose sometimes, but I do think it's it's interesting and it's well shot and beautiful when it is done. And like Nora going up to show that this kind of like ambition and kind of the 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 direction of her life that she's leaving Seoul and she's kind of going on her own track and he is just in the middle. He's just kind of stagnating and then disappearing 
uh, off the screen, I think is, yeah, it's, it's beautiful to look at and it's such a good visual to capture what it is that's being communicated. Um, and I think the other thing related to like the windows, like you were mentioning is when she breaks things off, uh, 12 or yeah, 12 years before we reconnect with them again, she like, you see her take out her headphones and then when it pans over, the dawn is breaking through the window. So like, there's like the newness of the day Mm -hmm. and also the newness of this period of her life that for the next 12 years, it's not going to be with him. It's a literal dawn that's breaking, Mm -hmm. um, which I thought was great. Um, the, uh, I mean, I, I know we're just kind of like bullet pointing these things, but I think there's so much that's just like, yeah, yeah. I, I think there's so much that's just like the visual elements that really worked for me. Um, and another one was like, as they're talking, and they pan across Seoul in the midday, mm-hmm. and then they pan the opposite direction over New York at night. I thought that was so beautiful, and the, like the music in the background really captures the like they couldn't be further apart in the world and in their day, but you know it's the same. It's just a different city. It's just a different landscape that they're looking out on uh, as they're talking, and I thought that was like a beautiful moment and just looks great. It's just a visual like treat to see these skylines and like, and yeah, I think the other thing is like New York is so tall and Seoul is obviously not quite as skyscrapery, Mm -hmm. but the way it's shot visually matches the horizon that both of them are visually the same size. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I also just really appreciate how patient this movie is. And like, there's just a Mm -hmm. lot of like really, slow like deliberate sequences where i think a lot of modern movie making it's just like quick editing and we'll like move things around but i think that there's a lot of like the these scenes all have room to breathe and even when they're not like actual Mm -hmm. scenes like what you're talking about like those establishing shots are very like slow deliberate pans um and it's and it like at no point am I ever like, okay, let's, let's, you know, get the show on the road. I'm always just like, yes, like I will sit in this for as long as you're giving it to me. Um, and, and it just, it sets the mood so well that, and like it, <clears throat> I think it like, for me anyway, when I watched it the first time and then when I watched it again this time, because all of the visual storytelling is so deliberately paced, it, it made me kind of like, just like start vibing with the story a little bit more and being okay with the fact that the story is slow and I and like there's nothing wrong with that but I think that there's just like not a lot that happens I mean certainly more happens in this than any of the before movies but um like it it is I think it all kind of works together to gel and and to to set the the vibe um for this movie and yeah like I said both times I've watched it I've just been like completely sucked in yeah um, also, Arthur's intro, the first time you actually see Arthur walk towards Nora. Um, I feel like you see him get out of the cab from her room, and then when she's making coffee in the morning right after that, there's like a very expectant framing where there's kind of this empty area behind her that you're kind of like, oh, is he going to walk in? Is he going to walk in? And he doesn't. And then when he finally walks through the grass under these lights it's so romantic. Like he's introduced as this real romantic figure uh, and introduces himself. And like their first little like flirtation is so romantic. 
And so even that I thought was like, uh, I think maybe we talk about Arthur as well, maybe in terms of the emotional connection, but like the movie is so kind to Arthur Mm -hmm. um, and the story is so kind to Arthur instead of doing what he kind of paints, which is like, I'm the villain. I'm like the American, the white American boyfriend or husband that like is keeping you from this great romance. But like the movie doesn't treat him like that. And the movie really frames him in such a sympathetic light to always show him as nervous, uh, but not jealous mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, soft. He's always very soft. He's very tender and, and warm and even lit warm. It's all like this very natural lighting that he's in. So I thought that was, was like a, a, a great touch too. Um, but with his intro, just being like, oh, who wouldn't fall in love with Arthur? Like he's so dreamy, just like walking around. Yeah, I think this. you it jogged my memory, but uh, that get, that's a good example of what I was talking about, where like you see him from her window and then so like the camera just kind of pans, but then it just like stays on her for a little bit. So like he mm-hmm. like, he has completely exited the frame. You like know that he's walking into the house and figuring out what room he's going to be in. But it just like uh-huh. the camera just lingers on her just like sleeping for longer than I think most other movies would. And I just really appreciated that the, the movie just knows what it is and it's just going to take its time to get there. Um, yeah. yeah. The other thing um, I <laughs> wasn't intentionally going to do this, but then when you said it, it made me um, Emily St. James, uh, former critic for Vox. I don't know what she's doing these days, but anyway, her letterbox review is love that Celine song sets for herself the challenge. I'm going to get the audience invested in this marriage in less than two minutes and then pulls it off. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yep. Um, yeah. Which I think is also like not to skip right to the ending, but and maybe, I don't know, I think we've talked about. Well, I mean, I do have a visual component of the ending Let's that I really going. want to talk about, uh, which okay. I think is like tied to the emotional connection, but like as you said, there's a lot of visual stuff that is not subtle in this movie. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that the, like the final sequence of the movie is another like visually unsubtle, but still striking and beautiful and yeah. moving. Like when, so when they're like walking to the Uber, they're like, walk, like yeah, it's, it's so beautiful. It's <laughs> like, it's so, again, it's not subtle at all, but it is just, it's literally perfect. So they're like, if you think about it, like on a timeline, they're like walking together, like at, in the past. And then mm-hmm. when his Uber picks him up, like he goes that direction. And then she turns around and like walks back towards her husband and walks back towards her future. And it's just like, it's so good. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. I was really, so I, you know, I, I think I, I don't know if I mentioned this on the recording yet, but I think if both of you, I've told, um, off mic that like when I left the theater, I was like, it is going to be very hard for something to displace this as my number one movie of the year. And I think sure. I was already like really, really into it. And then like the last five minutes took it to another level for me. And I think like that, like the, the whole final sequence is really, really good. And I also like that, he gets a final moment too. So like, you know, like he, like the, the Uber picks him up and takes him away in the direction of the past. And like, it would be perfectly fine if the movie ended like that. But I love that. Like after she goes back and she like cries in Arthur's arms for a little while. Meanwhile, I'm weeping on my couch Yeah, and they go back up into their apartment and they're just going to like continue living their lives together. The camera cuts back to him. And now 
the cab that he's in, the Uber that he's in, is now oh. going forward. It's now going Beautiful. back. Like, it, it flipped and directions. It's and it's Dawn. So it's, like, all the same stuff that happened to her 12 years ago are now happening to, to him. And it's, like, it's it's sad that he kind of had this, like, 12 years where he had some 24. good stuff. Well, I, but I mean, like, 12 yeah. between, like, when they broke it oh, off. okay. Um, yeah. Or when they stopped talking uh, via Skype or whatever. But he had these, like, 12 years where he was, like, kind of maybe trying to move on, but, like, clearly couldn't. And so it's, like, sad for him in terms of lost time. But I think it's a really optimistic ending for him in terms of, like, he finally got, like, the closure that he needed. The closure on this relationship that he needed. And he can finally move forward. And whether or not he goes back to, you know, the woman that he's been with or whether he moves on to somebody completely different, um, it does feel like finally he can have the same level of happiness that she's been able to find. Um, and yeah. I just think it's a really, just like an incredibly beautiful ending to this movie. Yeah. I love that. I, I think those are such specific <clears throat> things that I wasn't even necessarily thinking that closely about of like the visual components of that. Yeah. Left of frame being the past and right of frame being the future, but that's appropriate. I mean, even like the doors closing, like, mm-hmm. as they enter back into the apartment, having the door shut mm-hmm. and seeing the door shut mm-hmm. is this kind of, like, cue that, yes, this is the end of that period. And, yeah, it certainly seems like this is it. Like, they're probably not going to keep yeah. talking. Maybe maybe they'll go to Korea, and if he's got a girlfriend, they'll just be couple friends and they'll hang out. But the suggestion is that, like, this is a little too specific of a relationship to revisit Mm -hmm. unless there's going to be a purpose for it but Mm -hmm. he kind of like you said he has the closure in talking to arthur and arthur looks a little more secure with like yeah you're you're with me and she tells us too she's like i'm not going to leave you like you you should know me better i'm not going to just blow up my life and leave you for soul and i think the trailer certainly suggests that that's where this is going Mm -hmm. like i think that's where this story is expected to go. And a lot of this is kind of handing us, like, if you think it's going this way, we're going to say it outright, which means it'll be less likely that it's going to go that way. And it, it goes the realistic way, like, that I think a lot of these kind of stories go where... I, I think that's yeah. probably the one of the main uh, reasons I like the story is it was, like, before Sunrise and before Sunset are sort of like a diamond in the rough mm-hmm, sort of yeah. thing. Like that doesn't happen mm-hmm. very often or at all versus mm-hmm. um, this movie was way, way more grounded in reality to where this probably happens every single day mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. different people, not necessarily people, you know, but like the idea of finding someone you knew as a child over Facebook and then connecting with them. And then maybe it, like the 12 year gap in between doesn't necessarily make sense, but there might be something like it's all like missed timing and Mm -hmm. that, and that sort of thing happens every day. And just like choosing, I think another part of, and this might be more emotional connection than anything, but choosing something that is, seems to be healthy. Mm -hmm. Uh, And like she and Arthur have a very open and seemingly on like that conversation in the bedroom is very open and honest to where it's like they're just being honest with each other and so it's like choosing something that has like uh depth to it mm-hmm. versus something that could be great and if you just right. even compare 
Arthur's openness with Sung's um, openness, he's a lot more closed or, or mm-hmm. reserved would be a better right. word. And like, it's just different cultures, so it's For sure. no criticism or anything. But um, I think that like split is sort of what she's talking about a lot in um, when she sort of compares the two. I don't know. I thought it was like really well yeah. done and was like very real versus like a fairy tale. Yeah. I also think we can kind of blend emotional connection and story and plot since I know yeah. you mentioned story and plot. And I think a lot of it is... Oh, that wasn't even... That was half my emotional connection. I have other stuff. <laughs> no, yeah. for sure. But I think now we can kind of like inch into that. Uh, the last thing that I'll say for a visual that I loved, and I think this actually relates more towards the plotting, the way that this is kind of like dripped uh, for us. Like we get little elements here and there is uh, later on when they're at the bar, he's, or maybe it's at the, at the bar or when it's just Nora and, and Sung talking, he mentions like, I thought of you a lot when I was in the military. Mm-hmm. And in the beginning of the movie, when we see him in the military, there's that beautiful shot of everybody eating their food and it's so far that you can't tell who is who. Well, and a lot of them have, like, face, like, you know, makeup on or whatever. Yeah, and they're all looking down. Mm -hmm. And the only face that looks up, you're like, oh, that's Sung. Like, and he's, and you don't know anything about the situation besides you assume he's thinking of Nora, that he looks up because he's thinking of her. And then later we get the confirmation that, yes, that's what the shot was communicating. He, like, in that moment, he remembered her and looked up and kind of broke from everybody else having their heads down and just kind of getting through this. Um, and I thought that was just a beautiful shot, but also such a, again, not like subtle, but very clear, very purposeful and specific in what it was communicating. I don't think um, it wasn't, it, you, when you say not subtle, it makes it sound like it was overt. We're like, that's pretty subtle. <laughs> I think, but I think also it's like, like I didn't make that connection you- until the end i just thought he they were just being like this is his face and this is what he looks like now and this is what he's been up to Mm. yeah i think it's also like sandwiched between her being like what is he up to right after that and so you kind of have if you are thinking of him and you see him recently you're like okay it's that's probably what he was thinking of if he reached out to ask where she was um and then in the same sense i think like them talking on the phone call right right away about like do you still cry and she's like no I don't cry and he's like you don't cry in New York anymore which is basically closed so she closed off and then she opened up again I think it's great sorry go on yeah no it's beautiful (laughs) and I think that's like it also then pays off uh, Mm -hmm. at the end because this was an emotional enough interaction and a deep enough connection that she's essentially lost that she has to say farewell to that it she's crying in new york just like she said she doesn't do and so like those little elements of like we see the we see or hear these things at the beginning and then we see or hear them at the end again to kind of bookend these moments that they've referenced or that we've seen uh and i thought i thought that was beautiful especially because like crying is something that like is talked about a lot in the beginning and then you do it at the end because it's so emotional. I think the best part of that is like she has an arc where she goes from like open to more reserved and then open again. And at the end, 
she's not crying to Haesung. She's crying to Arthur, mm-hmm. which yeah. I think is huge. Because mm-hmm. she, yeah. it seems like, hasn't really opened up that way to anyone over yeah. uh, mm-hmm. in Canada or the U.S. So I thought that was really well done. Yeah. Um, oh, I also forgot one last visual thing, but it also relates towards the ending. It's like framing Arthur out of the conversation. Like yes. as as she stops translating between yeah. Sung and Arthur, he's just literally framed out. And then every so often you cut back to him just looking very sad and yeah. very worried. <laughs> but like the visual framing of that is telling so much of the story. It's just like this moment is for them and he's just also there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, should we think, fully move into emotional connection? Yes, let's do it. I mean, we've already kind of like dipped our toes in there, but I like my, I don't have a ton to say on acting, so I'm just going to kind of lump this in here as well. I think Greta mm-hmm. Lee is astounding in this movie. I love her. She's so good in this. I mean, none of them are bad in this movie, but she is just so good in this movie that I'm like immediately on her side from the moment she's on the screen. And I just like, I think, uh, one of the things I love so much about this movie is that it's not like easy. Like I think Mm -hmm. we we talked a little bit about this in the before episodes where, um, you know, I, I don't necessarily condone, uh, adultery and or leaving your wife, but I was just like, fuck yeah, Jesse, you got to do it. My guy, (laughs) like it was very easy (laughs) for me to be like, I know where I stand here. And I think with this movie, it's 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 complex, really, really naughty. Um, and uh-huh. it's it's so complex, and there's so many different times where I'm like, oh, I think that this is what should happen, and then other times where I'm like, oh no, I think this is what should happen, and I, I just love how quickly this movie was able to get me so deeply invested, and mm-hmm. to a point where like I like, I still, I you know I saw this movie several months ago in the theaters, and I've been thinking about it basically all like this whole summer. Um, and watch it again. And I'm still just like, I still don't feel like not good, but like, I still feel like conflicted. Um, and right. I, I'm just like, so impressed <laughs> that this movie has been able to stick with me for so long. <laughs> yeah. And I think that speaks to like what Tierney was saying too, is like the depth of the relationship versus something that's kind of like both of a them. potential, mm-hmm. but with both of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, but I think, and I think it's, like, a different depth that we're looking at. Because, like, when she's with Sung, you're like, there is a true, tender, intimate connection between the two of them. It's just quieter. Yeah. It's just, like, it's a little simpler. And it's a little more, like, core. It, you, you feel like, yeah, these people have been tied together for so long. And they've both loved each other despite the years and despite the distance they've they've had this really deep connection but what she has with arthur is also deep and and the laughter that they have and the warmth that they have between them and the life that they've built together is also real but it feels a little more uh not bombastic that's too big of a word but like it feels a little more thriving it feels a little more like big compared to this kind of simple quiet love but both are very real feelings that I think a lot of people have for partners and kind of can recognize in a relationship. And it's all about kind of what do you want in that relationship? And Mm -hmm. like he says, she's ambitious. She's the one that leaves. But to Arthur, 
she stays. Like, mm-hmm. this is this is the relationship she chooses. And she's, I mean, has always been that personality to kind of be more lively and, and jokey and light. And this, like, quiet life is attractive because it's something that is unique that she doesn't have with a lot of people. But it doesn't necessarily mean that it's, like, better or worse than what she has with Arthur. It's just a different... It's a different path that she didn't take. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's beautiful. I think that, um, like, that... Um, I don't know. I'm back. Let me think while I fully form that. Colin, you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, I don't really have too much else to say. Like, like I said, I just... I think a lot of my emotional connection is with... Like I, I think that I, I think that this movie would have been really powerful regardless, but I do think that like the Greta Lee performance is what like elevates it for me. Um, yeah. and I am already like preparing myself emotionally for when she doesn't get nominated for Best Actress because we, we know that she's not going to, but I think that she should. Why wouldn't she? Because the Oscars are dumb and we can't have good things. I mean, I hope that she does. I would love it if she does. I don't think so that she has any chance of winning because it's such a small movie but and it came out so early in the year that they're yeah. gonna be like past who what's what movie came yeah out this i just year? like i don't yeah. have a lot of faith that it like the oscars will do the right thing but i i think that like the, her performance is probably my performance of the year um oh. she's i just every, every time she's on screen i just can't not stare at her and she, i think she's just so mesmerizing um, and I think, like, she fits this role so perfectly. Um, but, yeah, I just, like, I'm in love with her from, like, the minute she comes on screen. And I just, like, want her to be happy. And I think that uh. she could have been happy either way. But I think, ultimately, I think where I land is, like, this this is the right answer. Yeah. Like, I think this was the right move. Um, but it's I, I love that it's twisty. <laughs> yeah, I think it is for... Twisty. My emotional connection, the part where, like, I got, I guess, naughty, as you would say, is, like, the, uh, like, openness of things with Arthur is, like, what, like, I can, like, empathize with, because that's, like, what I would want. This feels mm-hmm. really weird to be saying on a podcast, but... <laughs> An emotional uh, connection. This is about the yeah. emotional yeah. connection. <laughs> How does it hit you? So then, like, it's like, okay, that's, like, the ideal that you end up with being able to, like, have, even, like, have tough conversations of, like, was he attractive? Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, mm-hmm. the way that's done is, like, in her hesitation, you're like, why are you taking so long to answer? Yeah. <laughs> but then she answers honestly. So she's yeah. thinking about it, and then she's, so it's, like, that's what, that's, like, what you aspire to. But then there's something uh, for, about Sung that is, like, so endearing. And he's, and I think a lot of it is, like, especially when he's around her he's like a little boy mm-hmm. and who just like still has this huge crush on her and it's like so endearing to where you're like oh you want it to work but at the same time like everyone knows that it probably won't mm-hmm. and yeah. uh i think that is part of where you're just like even stuff like what you think you want isn't necessarily what's best like for you mm-hmm. um and like realizing that is like part of growing up. Um, God, this feels like therapy. Uh, <laughs> no. 
And I think that the line that encapsulates this perfectly, and this is the one thing I wrote under dialogue in all caps, is I did not, I didn't know that liking your husband would hurt this much. And I was like, that is perfect because it describes, I think the whole, the whole thing, like Mm -hmm. it captures it all in one line to where it's like, he, he knows that it's not going to work. She knows that it wasn't going to work and he likes him, mm-hmm. yeah. but still, her, I don't know. I was like, oh, it's like being, when it's like everything can exist and still be true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it, it's, it. and it's fitting for Sung's character too, who, if going back from that moment, like, yeah, he's realizing like, yeah, I don't want to hurt Arthur. Like Arthur's a good man for you. And like, you deserve somebody who's going to treat you like this. Mm-hmm. And then when they're uh, walking near the bridge and he's like, you know, it wasn't necessarily that we like fought or that like I broke up with her. She broke up with me. She just deserves better than me. Like I'm too ordinary Mm -hmm. and like, I'm not a big enough person. That part made me sad because I think that he is a big enough person and sometimes Mm -hmm. like ordinary is fine. And I, but I think even when he's with, uh, Nora, when she's a little girl and he's like, you win all the time. Like I just won one time, but like you typically do win and I don't cry every time. And it's this kind of, like, he's always thinking of the other person and always kind of, like, I'm going to diminish myself or step back and not, you know, pursue something as much as I could because, like, that's not his personality. That's not the type of person he is. He's kind of more reserved and... And and, the one thing he does for himself, the one thing he does for himself is the thing that splits him apart. Which mm-hmm. is really sad. Yeah. It's and like the he, whole movie is just so bittersweet. It really know, is. A, it really very is. bittersweet movie. Because nobody gets exactly what you'd hope they get. But also, like Colin it's was exactly saying, too. exactly what they, like, want. Mm-hmm. Kind of. Right. And if they got what they wanted, it wouldn't be right. Nobody would get I think it in the end. I this is the best way. I didn't think about it until like literally right now while we are having this conversation. But I, I think like you can think of, and it's not a, it's not a perfectly fair comparison, but like you can kind of think of this moment, like when Sung and Nora are walking around New York or they're on their tour, they're on the, like, the ferry and they go to um, the Statue of Liberty. Like that's kind of, it could be the before sunset moment, right? Like it could be like, uh-huh. and I, and I know that like just in before sunset, Jesse is very clear that he is unhappy in his marriage. And we're pretty sure that his wife is unhappy as well. And it seems like Nora and Arthur have like a very real genuine thing. So again, it's not a fair comparison, but I do think that like the alternate version of this movie where Nora and Song do decide to get together, we do get the 10 years down the line where it's just really contentious. And I do think that we get that before midnight. And I'm not necessarily saying that like Jesse and his wife should have stayed together and made it work. But I do think that like this feels more, this, this feels better because I think we all know that if it would have gone the other way, we all know, <laughs> I think we all know where that would have ended. <laughs> and I, right. And like I he think... <laughs> wasn't going to move to New York. She wasn't going to move to Seoul. If right. either of them did those things, they wouldn't be happy. And exactly. we know that. Exactly. And so I think, 
that's just another connection between this movie and that trilogy that I, like I said, hadn't thought of until we, just now as we were discussing it. But I'm just like, it's it confirms it confirms my feelings that I think what happens in this movie is right and good, <laughs> even yeah. if it's a little painful. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting, though, because I think, and I genuinely believe this, I think that they Sung and Nora could have been happy together. But it's a different... Like, I think you can be happy with more than one oh, person. For sure, yeah, But yeah. It, it's, it's a question, it, like, it, and, like, what you were saying, Matt, where you, the relationships are going to be different, and so it's, like, what do you want? And mm-hmm. so yeah. I think it, I think it, they could have been happy in both. Maybe instead of going from New York or, or Seoul, they went to a third city that's neither. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. But I think that they could have, they could have still been happy, but it would have been different. And it may, yeah, like, yeah. there might be before midnight moments but arthur and her might have before midnight moments too to where like it's still the right decision based on what they want but yeah i mean they it sounds like they do have before midnight moments because he's like do you fight and she's like oh yeah we fight we don't fuck around yeah (laughs) but the but the the quote that i loved so much from that moment is when she's like it's like two plants being potted in the same pot Mm -hmm. and it's just the roots finding their way and it's like that's a beautiful way to think of a relationship like you are independent plants you're independent Mm -hmm. beings and it's just about intertwining these little characteristics these little personalities and histories personal histories that you just have to find your way around and sometimes the roots are going to push against each other but it's about navigating to fit together in this one pot in this life together um yeah i i and uh i think if this movie ended with him waiting for the Uber and as they're looking at each other, they start kissing oh. and she says, you're going to miss that Uber, baby. It would blow up the movie. I don't You'd want like, it. I don't I want it. <laughs> what is this? Yeah. And so like after sunset or before after sunset, before sunset, you're kind of like, it's got to be this. They got to do this. Mm-hmm. They have to be together. And this one, you're like, don't do it. Don't don't kiss. Like, Wait, please don't. If you, please, please, if you please kiss, don't. Or if you kiss, it's to get it out of your system. Kiss. Uh, it's to get it out of your... Now, kiff. Uh, but it's to get it out of your sis, your fifthdom, uh, and then Jesus. move on. But, like, that's the that's the part where, like, it could turn. And it could be, like, okay, yeah, she can't help it. She loves him so much. But it's better this way. And I think, you know, speaking of emotional connection, like, I watched this with my mom, and I was like, it's a romance movie. You'll love it. And she was like, okay. And we were watching it, and we both enjoyed it. And it was until that moment that she walks back, and Arthur is there to hold her and to be with her when she's crying, that both my mom and I started crying. Because the moment in that that means so much is that Arthur understands this is hard for you. Like, this Mm -hmm. is a life that you are saying goodbye to. This is a connection that's strong, that I've witnessed, that you are choosing to pass because... You want to be with me and I'm here for you to console you, to be with you, even though he could be a fucker. He could be like, uh, you know, I'm too emotionally invested. So like you've got to work through this on your own, but he's there to embrace her and understand and, and relate and bring her back home with his arm around her. And it's not about this like competition. He's there as her husband, as this like true partner in her life and that's what means so much in that ending is like, 
even if they did kiss, he would probably be like, yeah, I get it. Like, I know this is, like, hard for you, but they don't. She's able to stick to what she knows she has to do and let this pass and let it go into the past. Um, and I think also when he asks, like, okay, if this is a past life Ugh. and we're already in the next one, who do you think we are to each other? And she could say something romantic and give him that, but she doesn't. She just says, I don't know. And that's where it's like, if she even gave him that, it might be too hopeful. It might be too optimistic to be like, yeah, you know what? We can't be together now because I'm stuck with Arthur, but maybe in the next one we're romantically together. But like, she cares about Arthur that much and about making sure that like the boundary is set here that she says, I don't know, because she can't give him that, that answer and push this any further. Uh, and that, like, yeah, it's, it's an incredibly realistic movie in that sense. And like Tierney was saying, too, of like, you know, the other one is a very idealistic diamond in the rough kind of like, wow, it never works out this way. And it's true that, like, they, this is the more realistic version where she just kind of like, nah, this, this can't go any further. And we just have to continue our lives in the direction that they've been going. Um, so, yeah, I, I thought that was beautiful. But, yeah, as far as emotional connection, it's like you can feel all of this. You can feel yeah. every pained look. And speaking of Greta Lee's performance, like when they're walking in the park and she just keeps going like, wow, wow. Wow. Yeah. And like the like she like bites her lip and you can just tell she's like kind of breathless with how exciting this is that after 24 years they're finally in the same place together and you understand and you can under like relate to her and feel that excitement and also feel the tenderness of like him wrap of Arthur wrapped around her and them deciding they're going to get chicken wings together like there's so much in her performance that makes you feel for and with Nora's character. You just understand, yeah, you're too ambitious to just, like, choose this, like, maybe fleeting romance or this childhood crush over something that's more sure and that feels secure to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I love that line at the end. Like, just more, like, in, I, I, think, I think it's a really good line, but, like, more in concept that, that, that like, what if this is a past life, too? And like, mm-hmm. like we like we are something to each other in a future life. Like I just love that, like the whole premise before of the next life. Before, <laughs> like the whole premise mm-hmm. of like, like the Inyan thing. I think is just so beautiful and perfect. And I, I love mm-hmm. like I don't personally believe in reincarnation, but I love the idea that like people who are important to each other will find ways to be with each other and not necessarily even in like a romantic sense. And I think that's another thing I love about this movie is that it like, it makes me think about friendships that I've had, like literally pure friendships that I've had that Uh like have been really important for a time in my life. And then things happen, you know, life happens and it's like, Oh, that was a really meaningful thing. And if I were to see that person now, like, 
would we, would it be awkward? Would we be able to pick back up where we left off? Like, would there be anything there? Or would it just be like, we had that moment in our lives and now that's gone and we can appreciate it for what it was. But I think um, that idea and, you know, spoilers for the series finale of Lost, which is one of my favorite episodes of TV <gasps> of all time. Uh, I, th- I think that, like, part of why I love that show and that ending so much is that, like, that is at the heart of that episode that is at the heart of that it's like Mm -hmm. these people meant so much to each other and the time that they spent together was so significant that they all had to be together again in the next life and i think that that like this movie is playing around with those similar concepts and i think it's like it just it's so extremely something that i am interested in (laughs) like every time the the concept of Inyun gets brought up in this movie. I just have a huge smile on my face because I think it's just it's really beautiful and powerful. Um, and yeah. I think that like the way that this movie ends, we talked about it already, but I, I do like the, that they bring it back up at the end one last time. And it's just like, you know, and and I think that like you're right, Matt. What she says to him is like, I don't know, and he says me neither, and he's just like, see you then, which I think is gorgeous. But um, the idea of like maybe they are. And if they are, then their next life, they will be together. And that's really beautiful, Mm -hmm. too. And maybe they're not. And this was the thing that was significant. And this was, like, the most important version of their Inyan that they were ever going to get. But, I like, I just love the thought experiment so much. Yeah. And even the way that she plays with it with Arthur, where she explains the concept. And it's like, (laughs) okay, so is this Inyan? And she's like... No, that's just something Korean people say to hit on somebody. And that being her hint to him that, like, I'm interested in you. Well, and I'm another, doing this right now. Another, like, great acting moment from her is, like, she says that line and he just kind of giggles. And then she's just, like, like she doesn't say anything, but she just, like, looks uh-huh. at him and, like, opens her eyes like, hey, man, take the fucking hint. Yeah. <laughs> like, God, yeah. she's so good. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah. And, and like, even, like, it's not always going to be like two friends or romantic partners when she's like you know maybe one of us was a bird and the other was the branch that Mm -hmm. they landed on for a moment uh like that's beautiful too that it is these like crossroads that bring them together um the other thing that i i don't know if you have a thought on is the final shot that they cut back to of them as kids about to break off is at night Mm -hmm. and it's not at night Mm -hmm. when we see it the first time so even that seems to suggest maybe that is the alternate path maybe that is a different way it could have gone if it was a different night or a a different thing that he would have said to her in those last moments maybe the trajectory would have changed but that is not what we saw we saw them in daylight I i took it as their uh it's their childhood it's like their inner child saying goodbye again And that's what I loved so much. And that's where I was like, this probably sounds weird, but, like, he is his... I think of, like, your kid version of yourself as, like, basically who you are. Like, your true Mm -hmm. version of yourself. And so he's able to be himself around her. And that's why he was almost like a little boy. Um, And so I took that to be they're saying goodbye again. I think that's a better... I, yeah. I'm, I'm with Tyranny 100%, and not just that they're saying goodbye again, but they're doing it right this time. Like, they're actually saying mm-hmm. what needs to be said. Because, like, 
it's really heartbreaking when they say goodbye the first time because you know that they both like each other. They like, I mean, it's just like a middle school crush, but like, there's something there. It's something that's very mm-hmm. real, and like the first time they walk, we see them walk home together. They're like having a conversation and they're talking to each other, and you can tell that they're really fun and playful with one another. But this entire walk home on their last day, like there's that shot where she's like talking to a group of kids and she's like, yep, I'm not going to come. I'm not going to be back here. I'm leaving for good. And he's just like sitting there and he's like very clearly upset about it. And then like they like he probably he didn't even say anything to her. He just like walks, starts walking home and she just notices that he's there. And so she's like, oh, we walk home together. So I'll like go do that with him. And they don't talk at all for the entire walk home. And like she's even going up the stairs like she like they've they've started parting ways before he's said anything to her. And then all he says is just bye. And like, that's it. And it is so heartbreaking. And so I like I said, I agree with you, Tierney. The, I, to me, that flashback was just like, OK, we have a chance to do it right this time. We have a chance to uh-huh. like actually say something that means something to one another, because back then we thought that we would maybe never see each other again, but we weren't emotionally mature enough to deal with that because we were 12. And now mm-hmm. that we are emotion- emotionally mature enough, like we and we probably know that we're never going to see each other again. Like we need to we need to get it right this time. And I do think that like that conversation that they have after it, fl- you know, like it, it flashes to them as like kid version at night, but then it goes back to the adult version. I think that that is like them having the opportunity to like truly say goodbye to each other in a way that is like meaningful um, and, and and final, I think. That's how I took it anyway. I like that. Um, yeah, and visually it makes sense. That's It's a very visually poetic movie that's trying to make those visual connections for us. Um, which, like, even I was thinking of when they're walking in the park, they're so small compared to the giant bridge and the giant park. Mm-hmm. They're so small in the frame. And even that just communicates the enormity of the world and the situation around them, that it's not just them just tenderly intimate all the time they have a world around them they have a life that's bigger than the two of them um and they can't just kind of simply pack up and decide to be together after all these years um i mean i guess the last thing that we haven't touched on is just like i wish there was more dialogue um yeah i i I don't even know if there's that much to talk about because it's a it's a i thought we talked about it already we, yeah, I mean, yeah, probably in the amount that we need to. But. <laughs> I was going to say, you but said think, something and Tierney and I were like, shut up, you're wrong. <laughs> no, yeah, that's true. And and I think even like that first time that he meets Arthur, um, there's just like, sometimes there's like pauses where I'm like, somebody would have talked by now. Uh, but the pause there for Arthur to kind of work up the courage to speak Korean and speak it pretty well and for Hey Sung to be like, his Korean's pretty good. And for him to quickly be like, no, no, no. Like, don't even compliment it. It's like, yeah, his Korean is good enough that he understands what this is. And he probably understands most of the conversation happening at the bar. He probably yep. understands a good chunk of it. That was, if we want to go to questions, that was one of my questions. I was, yeah, I was going to say, do I it. think I'm ready, right I'm ready to move into the Q&A portion. So, Tierney, if Let's you want, since we're there anyway. I was going to say, what percentage of the conversation do you think Arthur understood? I would say I think enough to make him sad. Yeah, I'd I was, say at least fifty. At least yeah. half. I would. I mean, 
at least half, I would lean maybe even more than that. Like, you know, obviously he wasn't catching every single thing. And especially, like, at a certain point, they both just, like, are facing each other. <laughs> it's like yeah. his, like, he, yeah. it, her back is to him. I'm sure he missed some stuff there. But I think when they were still, like, relatively all kind of facing the same direction, my guess is that he picked up at least half of that conversation. Because, I think yeah, even every when time... they're facing each other, he's still picking up. Because if you think about, like, I'm by no means fluent in Spanish. But if people are talking about a topic that I know some, like, a good amount of words in, I can figure out what they're saying. Yeah. And then if I don't know the topic, I usually still know a couple words to where, like, the topic he probably would know some words in to where yeah. I think it's at least half. Yeah. I think and I she love also that knows. he never admits it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think she also knows how much Korean he speaks. And so... She might also not translate, not because she wants to cut him out of the conversation, but because she's like, you can keep up. And I'm saying stuff that I would be comfortable with you hearing, including when he's like, yeah, and then you got married. And she's like, and you got a girlfriend. So I, this is not me. I doing loved this. that from her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where she was just like, well, <laughs> right back at you. My, <laughs> my mom was like, wow, she's being kind of rude. And I was like, no, I think she's trying to show she's with Arthur. Mm-hmm. And. I think it's reinforced later where they're having a full conversation in Korean and when he be- comes up in the conversation, she turns and she says, he's talking about you. And not, this is what he's saying and he's talking about you. But she's saying like, here, I'll fill in the blank that you might not entirely understand the concept of or the context of. Mm-hmm. Whatever we're saying, he is saying it about you, that like we are meant to be together, that like in this life, you and I are together. Mm-hmm. And it's not about we're not saying anything like, oh, how do we run away together? Um, and he's very understanding even in that of the two of them talking and being like, we are Indian. We even have our own Indian mm-hmm. together. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, great question. I think he understood most of it. And I think it took me towards the end of the conversation to realize like, okay, no, he's picking up a lot of what is being discussed and letting her do it because this is important to do quick sidebar before we ask more questions uh the reveal that he's learning korean because he wants to know what she's dreaming yeah. about is so adorable oh <laughs> uh, anyway so question for matt specifically Aww. what uh ps5 game was arthur playing which... Oh, I have no. Oh, um. <laughs> yeah, I know. No, like, I have a guess. That's okay. What, that, yes. <laughs> Knowing Arthur's personality, I just don't know that many PS5 titles, but let me see. Do you think he's rocking, like, uh, uh, like Grand Theft Auto? Not a, <laughs> maybe. Not a sports game, that's for sure. Yeah. He's not a sport boy, as far as I can tell. Um. I, yeah, I was actually. As soon as she. Uh, walks into the apartment and he's playing his games. I'm like, oh, is this going to be posed like, ugh, what an unattractive mate I have who loves playing games because that's always what they do in movies. They make (laughs) video games this like brainless, like lazy boy activity. Uh, Gives it a bad name. But I think he's probably playing like, I'm going to guess Horizon Forbidden Forbidden West. Forbidden West. That was, 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 yeah, that would have been my guess too. He seems like somebody who likes big visuals and action games um, and is able to like kind of pause. He doesn't look like he's playing like a 
He's definitely not playing an MMO because he's not talking to anybody on a headset. So yes, I'm going to say Horizon Forbidden West is what Arthur is playing in the scene where she walks in. Great question. Uh, my next question is for both of you. Uh, what do we think Arthur's book titled Boner is about? <laughs> hmm. I'm going to guess like a farcical comedy and boner being used in the sense of like, oh, I really did a boner back there. Okay. Tierney? I have no idea. Did you clock that the, his book was called Boner though? I did. Okay. Uh, and then it didn't seem to fit in with his character. And so then I kind of forgot about it. Um, my thought is what if it's, uh, you remember the TV show Growing Pains? Yeah. Uh-huh. And there was a character whose nickname was Boner. <laughs> what if it's <laughs> what if it's a biography of that actor? <laughs> Just like the oh weirdest, deepest cut. <laughs> and then she chooses him anyway, <laughs> instead of being like, I don't know about this. You spent your livelihood trying to write a book about the Growing Pains character? I definitely assumed it was fiction. <clears throat> yeah, I assumed it's fiction too. Yeah. But I but remember that, I like have- no idea. Giggling to myself. I was, so when I saw it in theaters um, this summer, it was in one of the smaller theaters uh, or like one of the smaller, like actual rooms. And so I, was, I, I ended up sitting pretty close to the screen. And so <laughs> I started giggling once I, once the camera panned and his book title came into focus. And I was like, oh, he's literally at a book signing for a book called Boner. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, um, I guess my question for both of you uh, is food related. Mm-hmm. Um, my first question is, would you eat the full Korean breakfast that he has served uh, when he wakes up the morning before his phone call? Noodles, little patties of things. Is it assuming that I just woke up? Yes. No, I'm pretty much toast and blanched. <laughs> Immediately after waking up, I, I mean, can do like I can do like a spicy food within uh-huh. like I need maybe two hours. Like if I went to brunch or something. Um, but sweets, I actually like hate eating sweets before noon. Like chocolate oh. specifically, I, eating it before noon is like so repulsive to me. I don't know what <laughs> it is, but I'm just like give me toast. <laughs> within twenty minutes of waking up, and I'm happy. Well, uh, I mean, it, a good portion of the breakfast was a bowl of white rice. So I feel like you could have done that yeah. probably. <laughs> like, maybe I not guess. your ideal breakfast, but... Um, I think I prefer toast. Yeah, I feel like I need a little bit more protein. Preferably in, like, the egg or bacon variety. Sure. When I'm doing a breakfast situation. I'll now, tell you to what, it looks your... like a solid lunch. To answer your question, great lunch. I would yeah. eat it. I definitely would eat it, but it's probably not my top tier. And the other thing I'm wondering is like, maybe it was lunch. Like he was out drinking with his friends that's, super late. Oh, that's a good and point. Maybe his parents that just were actually. like, because eh. his mom was even like, "Did you drink a lot last night?" And he was like, "Kind of." So like, maybe it was lunch, and they just let him sleep through breakfast. That's okay. a good point, actually. Uh, fair. I guess, yeah, but waking up and eating it. Waking up I and immediately eating that like, is pretty aggressive. Nah. I'd be like, soup is not a wake-up food. No. I don't want soup or hot rice, really. Um, 
I mean, I would eat it, but yeah, it wouldn't be my first choice. And then the second choice, the uh, second question is, um, w- if you lived in New York, would you eat at midnight? The way after midnight, in midnight or later, yeah, like she does. Absolutely. <laughs> if I'm going to yeah, be up till four in the morning, yeah. Okay, fair. Yeah. I also, mean, like, who, what are you who, talking about? So many people go out and then on their way home from a bar will pick up food. Well, eat dinner. Specifically, she didn't eat dinner. So, like, eat dinner at midnight. Yeah, so, like, the first time they talk on Skype, they're, like, talking for hours. Yeah. And it goes until midnight. And he's right. like, you haven't eaten yet? And she's like, no. So your question is just, like, after that Skype session, would I then go eat a full meal at midnight? And be, like, fine with it. She's, like, very nonchalant. She's like, yeah, whatever. I mean, Probably she's... not tw- a full meal, but I would eat. And then I would just have to stay up for a couple hours. Yeah, so, so so don't get heartburned. <laughs> <laughs> so a couple things. Uh, if I'm living in New York, yes, of course I'm eating at midnight because what the fuck else am I doing? I'm living in New York. I'm uh-huh. obviously like out all the time. Um, <laughs> two, the I think the timeline of that movie or of like that part of her life is that she's 24. And so like yeah. presumably when you're 24 you could eat a full meal after midnight without having a ton of heartburn issues. Good oh, point. I could. <laughs> so like I think she has that going for her. That's probably why I have them. <laughs> <laughs> I mean good I used point. To eat That's dinner at so. like 9 and then go to bed. Yeah. And then the other thing I will say uh I mean, she's clearly going to be riding the high of that Zoom call for several hours. Yeah. So to Tierney's point of like, yeah, I'd probably eat something, but then I just <laughs> wouldn't go to bed for a while. I don't think she was going to bed anytime soon anyway. So. It's, yeah, that's fair. But yes, I would. And I mean, like the thought of like, it's midnight, it's New York. I haven't eaten anything. I live in a tiny fucking apartment. I probably don't have any food. I, like the thought of just going and getting two gigantic greasy slices of pizza sounds incredible. Like, yeah, I would do. honestly, I kind of want to go do that right now. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, I have no um, more questions if yeah. you want to. I, uh, yeah, that's true. Uh, I have two other things that I just wanted to mention is like similarities between this and the before trilogy. She's a playwright, but a writer. Mm-hmm. And obviously Arthur is a writer. So like the idea of like, and, oh, I wrote a book. And the other one is like a little in like a more practical, like we never really know what Celine does, but like she's working for like some sort of government agency in the second one. So like it's, and yeah. he's an engineer. So like one of them is a little bit more humanities focused. The other one's a little bit more quote unquote practical in their particular right. career. Right. And 12 years are the interstitial gaps between each one. So it's like they knew each other as kids. 12 years later, they knew each other on Skype. 12 years later, they actually meet in person and so like it's kind of a condensed before trilogy Mm -hmm. with the gaps in time being just within the story rather than like actual nine-year gaps between these movies uh and then the last thing that i'm going to point out and it's actually a negative uh i'm going to end this on a negative god damn it why we had such a wonderful conversation now you're going to ruin my day colin knows i have a huge pet peeve that is this fucking audio clip of a child's laugh <laughs> in which the child goes, <laughs> and they fucking inserted it when she's going to the ferry to meet him and he's like handing her the food, which also that's a sweet moment too where he's like, have you eaten? And then he gives her food. Because I, like I know 12 years ago you starved yourself regularly. <laughs> exactly. But that fucking audio clip of the little kid going, <laughs> 
um, it just it it doesn't even it needs it doesn't need to be there. There's no kids in the shot. It it doesn't need to be a kid fairy. This is and so I got nitpicky. Yeah. Oh, it is. But I hate that audio cue. It's so overused. Nobody laughs like that. It's so distracting. It doesn't sound natural at all. It's so distracting, and, and yet I have never noticed it. I have no I idea do. what you're talking about. <laughs> I wrote in all caps in my notes that fucking child's laugh. Uh, <laughs> so I just wanted to make sure that I did point out. You did your due I heard it, <laughs> and I hated it. I wish that laugh would stop being used because it ruins moments. It sounds so fake. It's like the Wilhelm scream. <laughs> It's like, but the opposite, because like when you hear a Wilhelm scream, you're like, oh, fun, Wilhelm scream. But then when you, yeah, you're, when you the Leonardo the, DiCaprio I'm pretty sure pointing. if it's the clip I'm thinking of, I'm pretty sure Minority Report uses it all the time. Yeah, it does. A lot of movies use it. It's not, this is not a negative I'm on the movie. I'm just saying that your it's favorite movie of all sound. time uses it oh, a thousand times. I don't think it's my favorite movie of all time. So this, this was the before trilogy and it's spinoff, <laughs> Past Lives. <laughs> Uh, thank you. Or before the next or before life. the next life, if, next if life. you will. Um, thank you all for joining us. <laughs> N- next week, we are starting our next trilogy, and oh. we are moving on to the T Girls trilogy. Mm. Jenny, and you know the T Girl loves ice cream tea it up more than us? anything in the world. The girl loves so it. So this is going to be the cream. Cornetto trilogy. Yes. Mm. Edgar Wright's famous Cornetto trilogy. Bless. Um, but yeah, I mean. Thank you for choosing such a great trilogy um, of movies in the Before Trilogy, Colin. Uh, these have been really fun to watch. Past Lives has been on my list. Uh, I'm really glad we finally got around to, to watching it for this, but also that I got to watch it. Uh, and now that I've seen all of the Before movies and Past Lives, uh, as far as these movies are concerned, I guess I'm finished. <laughs>